Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, in this video and also audio podcast, I'm going to share with you the only two ways I believe there are to effectively ask for a pay rise or to increase your consultancy fees to your client. Now, there are so many ways people ask for pay rises and they get it badly wrong, in my view, of course. Now, I've employed hundreds of people. Of course, I've made many mistakes. I've interviewed thousands of people. I've been requested pay rises hundreds and hundreds of times. And that's not for me to say, oh, look at me, I'm some kind of guru. It's just I have experienced it. And I know how I feel when it happens, when I think it's done really well and when it's done badly. And of course, you know, every new year, people are thinking about their career and their pay rises and should they move to another employer and often, and I'm not just saying this because I want all my staff to stay with me, but often moving to another employer is actually a really bad step, even if you think you're getting a little bit more money. So I'm going to share with you the three main mistakes people make, the three terrible ways to ask for a raise of fees or their salary, and then the two only ways I think that are really effective and have long-term goodwill and work in getting you a lot more money. So let's um, cover the mistakes first. And actually, the reason I'm doing this video and audio podcast is, is because I've been asked by a major um, national publication to write an article on this. I get asked to do it every January and I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a deep dive on it now and then I could just use it every January when, um, you know, when people come to me and ask for this. So the three really bad ways I've seen that people do it are number one is they say to their employer that they can't cover their bills, they're struggling, they can't pay their mortgage, they can't pay their car loan. I know people who I've employed have got really nice cars, hundreds and hundreds of pounds a month. And they're saying to me they want a pay rise because they can't afford to pay for that car. So what they're really saying to me is, I want you to pay for my car. Um, and, and also what they're really saying is, I can't manage money very well. And therefore, I want you to save me. Now, I'm not saying that I don't want to help people. I'm not saying that most employers don't want to help people. But actually, the main driver for an employer is to make a net profit margin. Uh, and so gifts and paying people because they can't manage their own money isn't motivational for the employer. And in fact, the employer will probably just see that, okay, well, they'll put a pay rise up. Then this employer, employee will go and get a more expensive car and manage their money badly again and then ask for more money and more money. So no one actually cares what you want to use your money for. They don't. So there's a better way of doing it, or well, two ways, which I'll talk about in a moment. Number two, a bad way of asking for a raise or an increased fee is that you tell them you've got another job you're looking for another job and that, you know, you're basically using the request for a pay rise as leverage. You know, basically you're saying, pay me more or I'll leave. Now, of course, I'd, if I've got good team members, I don't want them to leave. And if they are thinking about leaving or I find that out, you know, that scares me and I want to keep them. But that's OK if I'm doing that of my own volition. But if a staff member is using me as leverage, basically saying you need to pay me more or I'll leave, 
I don't feel like I'm paying them for the reasons that they should be paid more because they're giving more value, because they contribute greatly, because they're loyal and because they're a great team player. You know, I feel like I'm having to pay them more to stop them leaving and I feel like I'm being leveraged. Now, this can get even worse because what often happens is people will play the new employer off against the old employer and basically go to the new employer and request a pay rise and lie about what they're getting paid with the existing employer. And they'll go to the existing employer and go, well, I've been offered 38 grand plus car plus expenses and you've got to pay me 39 grand plus car plus expenses or I'm leaving. And then what can happen when that happens is it's a ding and a dong and a ding and a dong and you're used as a negotiation pawn. Uh, and, and, and if I ever feel like I'm doing that, I'm out. It's just I don't want to get involved. So that's another mistake I think a lot of people make when, um, you know, trying to get a raise. The third one, and this does get under my skin, um, and I'll tell you why in a moment, is when they ask for a pay rise because they heard someone else got one. Now, it's irrelevant what anyone else gets paid. And I can't, cannot tell you this enough. If you're an employer, employee, if you're a consultant, you know, whatever, it's irrelevant what, what the rest of the world get paid and what the rest of the world charge. And if you go, oh, but they get paid this, it's not fair, they do this and I do that and they get paid this, it's not relevant. What's relevant is the value that you create, and I'm gonna share that in a moment, and, and you know how you can monetize that. So when people come to me and say, hey, you know, well, I know that someone got an, a pay rise and I want one too, and it's not fair. That tells me a few things. Number one is they're trying to leverage me. Number two, they're a victim. Number three is everyone's telling each other what they're getting paid, which will piss off an employer. Like the biggest fear an employer has is that someone gets paid, uh, you know, an extra raise, a good amount of money, maybe more than the market. And then this person goes and tells everyone and then everyone comes and wants a pay rise because we've got, what, 70 odd staff now. And if everyone wants a pay rise, when one person gets a pay rise. So all that does is stop you wanting to give anyone a pay rise. And if you don't trust the employee that they can keep their gob shut and stay discreet, it's really going to completely reduce your desire to give anyone a pay rise which isn't fair on anyone. You know, now as an employer, I want to give people a pay rise. And you know, you could say I'm a bit stupid for doing this live podcast, audio and video and getting this out to millions of people um, because then all my staff will come to, to, to ask for a pay rise. I want my team to come and ask me for a pay rise. And in fact, I'm actually teaching my team, don't do number one and tell me you need me to pay for your overheads. Don't do number two and leverage me against another employer. Don't do number three and ask me for a pay rise because you heard from um, someone else that they got a pay rise. Do one of these two things, because if you do one of these two things, you know, we, we've got a win-win here. So way number one to ask for a pay rise, which works. It works for me every time as long as I can see it. If I can see the proof and it's there and it's clear, it works every time. OK, so number one, book a meeting, first of all. You know, don't just do it by the water cooler or interrupt someone. Book a meeting. It might be, You might weave it into your monthly review or your salary review if you have them or a one-to-one, -one, but book a proper meeting so that they've got time and they can think about it clearly and, you know, they're not distracted. Now, this is important. You know, you need to keep calm, balance your emotions. Don't get all powerful. Don't get all scared. Show grace, show humility, show gratitude, manage those emotions. Then big up the company. Tell the company how much you love working for them. And then with evidence, so you can print it out or have it on your phone, evidence, show the employer um, exactly what upside you've brought. So, you know, what extra money have you brought in, gross and net? What time have you saved? What systems have you created? Um, you know, what money have you saved? Um, uh, this article that I have written, that I'm just using as notes, I just posted in a group and someone said to me, well, you know what, Rob, some people like receptionists or admin, they can't measure 
um, you know, the impact that they've made. Well, monetarily, they may not be able to. But if my um, assistant could show me she saved me 15 hours a week or she's got a refund on something or, you know, she's clawed some money back or, you know, whatever, um, offered value to me, then that's measurable. So it doesn't always have to be money. It can be time saving or created a new system. But you need to show specifically what you've done. Uh, and put that in hard, clear evidence, not, not used as a negotiation tool or leverage, just there in black and white and say, hey, look, I'm not greedy. You know, I, I want to grow with this company. I love this company. But of course, I do want to meet my own targets and needs, too. So could I politely request that I have a 10 percent raise of the net I've made for you? So if you've made the net 20 grand extra in six months, you can evidence that you ask for a four grand pay rise. Job done. That seems completely fair. 10 percent of the net, um, you know, Hey, look, it's going to be pretty hard for me to argue with that. Now, what it's not wise to do is ask for 50% and get into a negotiation. Just, you know, maybe ask for a tiny bit more than you want, but not much. Otherwise, they might, you know, if you ask for too much, they'll feel you're greedy and you'll push them away. Um, so maybe you've got one back and forth. I don't know. Um, but ask for close to what you want. Second way of doing it. Now, by the way, you can do both of these strategies together or you can do one after the other. The second way to do it is to, again, book the meeting, the monthly review, salary review, one to one and do the same thing. But propose what you will do and then go and do it and then ask for your raise once you've done it. So maybe you're quite new to the company or you're not sure what value you've offered or you can't actually track it yet. What you do is you put a plan together. You say, you know, well, I want to set up this system. I want to reduce the refund rate. I want to free up your time and give you 10 hours a week more of your time back, Rob. If it's my assistant, for example, you know, I want to create this process which saves you two salaries because these staff members or roles won't be needed as much. Uh, and then you propose what you will do. You tell them the gross saving or making, the net saving or making, and you request once it's done that you get 10, 15% of the net saving or making. And, um, you know, like as long as that's not bullshitted, is that a word? Bullshitted? Bullshat? I don't know. As long as it's clear, provable, measurable, what employer is not going to want to go for that? Because you're basically saying to the employer, I'm going to make you a load more money and I'd like a bit of it, please. And that's pretty compelling. So the thing with getting a pay rise is most people, they want to be paid now and then do the work later. That does not work like that. The world does not work like that. So if you ask for a pay rise and say you'll do something, well, I've got to trust that you'll do it. Whereas if you do the thing, give the value, show that you're loyal, show that you have great value, etc., then you've given the value, you've proven to me what you can do. And of course, I'm much more likely to give you that raise. Um, now, uh, a lot of people are scared about doing that and then not getting the raise. Well, if you do that legitimately and you haven't got the raise, you, it's the wrong employer for you uh, and you'll get headhunted or you'll be able to go and get another job. Um, I would say only go and seek that other job when you're clear you want to move. A lot of people do it as a backup plan, but that's like dating and then dating another few people just in case. You know, that just creates problems. I wouldn't recommend doing that. You should give your employer or your current client three to five years to really see if it could work. Darren has just said rubbish. Um, yeah, I, I, I like your feedback. Thanks for the feedback. Do you want to give me a little bit more um, detail as to what's rubbish? I'm happy to discuss and debate these things. So your employer wants and needs to make profit. They want happy clients. They want referrals. They want productive staff, happy staff, loyal staff. They, you know, they want a good atmosphere, a good team, good energy. So if you can show these and give these, then the world will pay you. You know, the world gives you back what you give it. It doesn't give you first what you hope to receive that then maybe you'll give back, but you might not. So you, have, you get back from the world what you give. You get back from your employer and your team and your staff what you give. 
All right, I'm waiting for Darren to clarify what he means by rubbish. Um, but I have to check out now because um, my son and I are going to go and play golf um, for, for my birthday present. So thanks for tuning in. Um, if you've got any questions, put them in the thread below. Or if you're listening on the audio podcast, come and put your questions and comments in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community. I posted this on LinkedIn just before I did this video, and it's got a lot of comments already. So I think there's going to be a lot of debate around this. If you um, think that there's anything you want to add or ask me or you agree with or disagree with, let's keep the conversation going um, because I've got to get this out to this major publication in the next couple of days. And hey, I want to make it a great article. So maybe you could be part of contributing towards it. All right. So Darren has said you are talking about employers that are bothered. Ones I've worked for don't care at all. OK, I get you down. Well, if if your employers don't care at all and there probably are some, Darren, that don't, I would just look for another job. You know, why stay in an employ with an employer that doesn't care? Uh, now, I do care. And, and of course, I would say that. But I do. I know how I feel. And um, uh, would I want to work for an employer that doesn't care? No. Uh, and, um, you know, people might say, oh, well, I've got to stay there because I've got to get the bills paid and everything else. Um, go and find a new employer and show them. I believe that if you offer value to the world, the world will give you the value back. So if you can show a new employer what you could do or what you've done for the old employer, then there'd be a fool not to hire you. But of course, that's, they've got to see that. Um, and, and that's not a guarantee. One thing I would just say before I finish then, and I would definitely never recommend this, and I've seen this done hundreds, hundreds of times, never go to a new employer when you're looking for a new job and bitch about your old one. It's very tempting to do that. But if someone bitches about their old employer, I know that's what they'll be doing to me in six months and about me. And I've sat through interviews where they've just bitched about their employer the whole time. And I've just thought, whoa. And by the way, some of the things they've bitched about the employer, I thought I actually saw the employer side. Or I thought, whoa, I'm even worse. So you're going to be you're going to hate me in six months. So that is not a smart play at all. All right, Darren has said, each time I've changed jobs, the pay is less and less every time. So go for jobs with higher pay or work out what extra value that you can increase. So again, you may need to listen to this video or this podcast again. Um, you know, but if this keeps happening, what's the recurring theme, Darren? And, and I say this with love and respect, but, you know, the common theme in this is you. So what is it that you can do? What can you look at in yourself that you can increase the value in? Um, and I'm not saying you're not and I don't know you, but if you're getting paid less and less and less, that tells me that the world perceives that you're worth less and less and less. So you're either choosing a bad employer or you're not working out what the employer wants or you're doing a job you think the employer wants, but it doesn't want. Because I've got I know plenty of people who do a lot of work, but it's not what the company needs. And Dave has just said, you know, you could go self-employed and where, you, you know, maybe you've just got unlucky with three or four bad companies. It could happen. I'm not saying it has. It could so, you know, maybe your upside is limited and you need to go out there and find a new employer. So thanks for um, engaging, Darren. We got, we got there in the end, didn't we? All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You've got to go about your day. I've got to go about mine. Have a great day. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.